Welcome to A Couple of Swans. You're Courtney. You're Adam. And here we are. Courtney wants to talk about, she said I've been saying journey too much. It's not true. It's just every time you say, I just said, do you know you're doing that? The life is that we're like, hey, we are on a journey. Everybody is on a self-improvement journey in some way, right? Mm -hmm. You don't think so? I think that's I a think strong that statement are. to say everyone is on self-improvement journey. Well, just it, should or, they or be? You, or everyone you, should be. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So, I'm. I consider us hopefully to be on a journey because we should be, according to you. And one of the things that we are have been talking about and trying to consider is the power of our words, both internally and when we speak to people, and the weight of our words. And how it affects our lives. You're the one that wanted to really talk about this. So I want to hear what you have to say. Okay. So I think it's really powerful that we are like what you put out there. It's like what you're getting back like a boomerang. Right. And so if you're saying negative things, either about your body, your mind, other people, like if things are driving you crazy, like the more you speak negative stuff, it's like, that's what you see. And that's what you, what you have happen. And the more you speak positively or notice the positive things or use those positive words, like that's what you get back. I've never read it, but is this kind of like that, the secret the secret book. Remember the secret? No, I watched that too. I would say this is more like, I think from a biblical standpoint, like that there's power in life and death in your tongue and that you are like kind of, you're either building or destroying your house by the words you say or your body or, and so I will catch myself being like, I'm going to lose it. I cannot do this. Like I'm going, and then I can remember like, catching myself being like, I am causing myself to have anxiety by like the things I'm speaking. And so instead retraining and re like focusing your thoughts to be things like I've gone through harder things than this. This is just a season. Everything is going to be okay. Like we are going, you know, and like kind of putting it out there or even things with my body, like weight, you know, like consistently saying like, I do not lose weight easy. Like my body does not lose weight. My body always holds on to fat. Like those are things that I want to retrain my body. Like my body works effectively. My body like does what it is supposed to do. Like I'm going to put good things in my body and it is going to be a fat burning machine. Like literally as silly as it sounds, like taking those bad things or like if you notice bad things about maybe men don't do this much women but if you notice like bad things that you just don't like the way they look on you or whatever like my legs for example instead of just constantly being like every time i see them like oh my legs look so fat for example instead of doing that being like i'm so grateful that i am like strong and healthy and my legs like get me where i need to go and like kind of mentally having to like shift the way you think and then eventually, like, finding things beautiful that you used to find, like, not attractive about yourself. Do you have to audibleize it? Do you have to say, I I love the way that my legs look in this? Or is it something internal that you just think? But if you are audibly saying things that are negative, like, if you wouldn't want your kids to say it about themselves, if you wouldn't want your best friend to say it about themselves, then it's probably not good for you to say it about your situation or yourself. I mean, I, I know of, I'm friends with, and I follow a, a good amount of people that they always hammer that the positive kind of reaffirming thoughts and stating who you are, what you are, 
all these things like, you know, I'm a great dad. I am a leader. I am all these yeah. things. And they're, they are they are really, really positive ways to go about it. I just don't know how, how do you incorporate that when the negative thoughts kind of over, overpower? Like if you're... I think if you're being like mindful and intentional to like when you notice it, I'm going to, I'm going to be like, Hey, that's not actually the truth. Like, you know, and be intentional about it and be like, okay, what is the truth? The truth is I'm a good mom. Like, you know, the truth is I am. Cause there are so many times where I'm like, Oh, you know, you feel like it. You're like, Oh, I feel like a bad dad. I feel like I'm a bad mom. Like I feel like this. And it's like, okay, well hold up. <laughs> Probably bad moms aren't feeling like they're a bad mom right now because of whatever. And secondly, like what are the actual truths? And then with panic attacks, like I would psych myself out to be like, you know, like I feel so anxious. I'm I'm so anxious right now. I'm so this, this is stressing me out. And instead, like, what is something you can like physically focus on, see whatever that is like, you've gone through harder things than this, or everything is going to be okay. I'm going to take some deep breaths, like get this out of my system. It's all going to be okay. Like I don't have panic attacks like I used to like the last year. And I think a lot of that is changing like my thoughts or like when we were, when I was really, really poor, like in our power, would get cut off. I would like flip the switch and I get so frustrated that I like flip the switch because I knew the power was shut off. <laughs> and you're like, why what did now? I do that? What do you mean? But I would say like, I'm going to be a millionaire one day. Like this is just a season, like, phys- like actually speaking things. Like I used to say it with my clothes, makeup, everything. Like anytime I like would have to put something up because it was like you got to the checkout, but you didn't have enough money to buy it. And you're like, okay, well, what could I actually put up? I'm going to put up this $3 shirt that's on clearance. I can remember being like, one day I'm going to have more clothes than I know what to do with. Like, this is just the season. Like, positive thing. Like, just, I don't know, speaking things into existence. Yeah. No, I mean, I'd, I'm on board with it. I think that also. I think your life looks like a lot of the things that you speak into or believe or the things you pray for or the things that you, you know, like, it's not that we don't ever have bad days, but it's like finding the good in the bad days, or it's not that we are a hundred percent like in love with the way we look or how we feel. But I think that when you shift your focus to gratitude, even when I didn't have much, like trying to be grateful for what I did have, like made a huge difference in my outlook of life. Like, or if you go to other countries, you know, like gone on mission trips and stuff, and these people don't have nearly what we have, but they're so grateful and they have such a good, positive outlook on life. Like that is something that I think is incredible. You know, like a lot of times we are worried about first world problems. Like, oh, I'm frustrated because this, this, and this happened. And when you look at it, you're like, these are all issues that are first world problems that, you know, it is frustrating if your AC went out in your car, but let's be real. Like some people don't even have a car and they're like walking to the market in their village, you know, or whatever. Yeah. No, but if you're, so if you're trying to do that, you're trying to, you know, speak positive, you're supposed to speak it into existence, all of those things. I think another thing to consider is this idea that, I'm not going to ignore the negative thoughts. I'm actually going to digest them and be aware that I'm having them, but I'm going to make a decision to concentrate, to actually like just totally shift back to the positive stuff. So you've processed it and you move on to the positive stuff. And I think that 
that helps me in a lot of situations uh, when I can get super frustrated or, you know, something's just not going my way or a person's not behaving the way that I expected them to is just kind of try as hard as I can to just not block it out, realize that it's there, but really, really hammer down and concentrate on here's the wonderful things that are happening. Here's the wonderful aspects of my life. And this, in the grand scheme of things, is a very small thing. Even in that moment, it feels huge. You know, because really, we've done this before. It's like, let's look back on some things that we thought were really negative experiences, really negative things that happened to us three years ago. And they're they're so minuscule in comparison now when you take the on the grander scale of, of all the positive, those things that seem so impactful in a bad way. You look back on them, you're like, man, that was a drop in the bucket. That was not that big of a deal. And we kind of just got right over it. But that one day or that one hour or that one week felt really awful. And it felt like it was going to last forever, but it just didn't. Yeah. And you look back and it's like, okay, well, that was not that big of a deal. So, you know, concentrating on the positive stuff, not only does it get you through the, the things that can be overwhelming in a negative way. But it really shifts the way that you treat your day. I think, too, like worrying about tomorrow, like the don't worry about tomorrow, like tomorrow will worry about itself type things. Like there's so many things that you can hypothetical. What if this happens? What if this happens? What if like all these things and the reality is a lot of those like resolve themselves before it even gets there. And half the things you thought of what ifs don't even happen. And so um, like how much can it rob you of today by constantly like worrying about tomorrow? Like I've missed out on some of the best things because I was like so focused on what was maybe going to happen that I missed out on like what I could have actually enjoyed. Oh, you can skip over a good portion of your life worrying about deadlines and things that seem or like, fear have, like, stuff. like what if our house catches on fire? What if our kids get kidnapped? Like I worry about so many things that I'm like, I missed out on like actually chilling and enjoying this because I was fearful. And then you have to remember like, okay, well, where's this fear coming from? And is it like rational fear yeah. or irrational? Like, do I need to kind of like check it and be like, is everyone else in this room worried about this right now? If the answer is no, then this is probably an irrational fear. Yeah. But you, you know where you have to put this stuff into practice too. And I mean, it's a struggle for anybody and so everybody. That's a self-talk. I have to tell myself like you are safe. Like you are, you're safe. You're healthy. Everything is okay. Life for the most part, you are safe. I know the likelihood something like this is actually going to happen is probably pretty tiny, like, you know, but like I can get consumed by being worried about it. But you have to, yes. And you have to, you have to piggyback off of this. Hey, I'm going to speak this stuff into existence. You also have to put it in practice. You have to do the work. I can go say, I'm going to be a great dad. I'm a great leader. I'm all these things. If I'm if I don't work on that every day, yeah, then I'm just an idiot who's saying those things to myself. Yeah. Right. So you have to if you are saying that you're going to be these things or these things are going to happen, if you don't go and apply yourself and 
and actually hold yourself accountable to do them, it's not going to, it doesn't just happen like that. So I think that they reinforce it if you're doing the day-to-day work on making it a priority in your life. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but if you don't, you you don't. And then you're just, you know, you're just kind of saying, you're saying you're a good mom, that you're like, not a good mom. Yeah. But what I'm talking about is when you kind of are, but you're just like bad self-talk. I got you. Not like, oh, I uh, left my kids for four days in a closet kind of people. And they're like, well, I'm a good mom. And you're like, oh, that might make me question that. Um, So I'm not saying like that. I'm just, you know, like that you have to say, is this actually truth? Or has my brain convinced me, like, I'm not qualified for this, or you'll never be able to be good enough. You'll never be able to. And it's like, well, is that actually true? Well, sometimes I think truth can, you know, truth can get a little tricky because truth can hurt people. Also, I've never left kids in a closet or anything. I was using that as a hypothetical, (laughs) but I realized after I said it, maybe it sounds like I have, and I've never done that. So never even put put a kid in a closet. So just so putting that out there in case somebody's like, oh, she said this. That's not. Or if you thought that's what? so if you <laughs> but it say list the top five things that you would tell yourself as if you woke up in the morning and you either wanted to reinforce the way your life was going or you wanted to shoot for the stars or you wanted to have a plan for the future what are things that you would tell yourself as a woman uh, that would uh give power to your words but for you personally I think gratitude, like when you actually are being grateful for the things you have, the things going on in your day, instead of like stressing about them as much, but looking at things from like an onset, like an outlook of gratitude, that shifts every, because I will be so stressed out about like this, this, and this. But when I really think about the things I'm grateful for, the like answered prayers in my life, the things that, you know, I have it shifts your focus that the petty stuff doesn't seem like. And does that gratitude need to be at kind of a core level, not necessarily perspective. So, you know, you give the example, I don't know, you're doing your seven minute meditations. Um, that's, does it ever talk about gratitude? I mean, that, well, yeah, every all, gratitude hovers around everything. I think that uh, when you're trying to become a better version of yourself, it, probably always starts and ends with gratitude, you know, being grateful. But I was talking about like, does it have to be perspective? Does it have to be comparing yourself to someone else or some other thing or something? Or is it just the basic, I am just grateful to be alive. I am grateful to have clean water to drink. Yeah. I'm like gra- I'm going to make the most out of today. Not I'm grateful because I have the new X5 BMW. You know, right. like I, which we don't have, which we don't have. Uh-huh. No, but, what, but we but, found, but it's that, an like, example. Car, we talked about this last night of like, what is happiness? And you were like, I thought buying vehicles, like if we ever got to a point where I could just buy a classic car or buy this or whatever, then that would bring me a lot of joy. And recently you bought a Jeep. It's not a classic car. It wasn't even really that expensive, um, but it was an old Jeep. And it was incredibly expensive. It was so cheap. But this is an example. It was a luxury to buy an extra just fun car, right? And you sold it at a yard sale to a guy. Didn't think twice because you could make a little bit more money off of it. And, but it didn't bring you the joy you thought it was going to bring you. No, it's it, it's trying to figure out 
in your like really actually realize what is happiness and is that even something that's attainable that's what i was talking to you about it last night is finding out what is happiness because i know that the i've realized uh, you know that the material stuff doesn't necessarily do it for me mm-hmm. um I wish that it would. It'd be a lot easier because it's really easy to buy things, but it just. But it's very fleeting. It's it's fleeting is a great word for it, and it it gives you no sense of closure. And I think that's one of the great things about life that teaches you if you are fortunate enough to live a long enough life is you have a lot of deep deep valleys and a lot of high peaks and. All of those things lend a ton of perspective to, you know, what happiness is, what joy is, and then what the opposite of that is. And you kind of chase contentment and joy and happiness. But while you're on that journey of chasing that, you can knock the things off the list that that doesn't do it for me. Mm -hmm. That's not something that that's a 24 hour thing as far as me feeling, quote unquote, happy or joy or whatever. Most of the time it's adrenaline and excitement. It's not like a well-vested joy. It's not a well-vested happiness. So we both discussed that like serving, giving to others, like giving of our time or energy, like there are things that don't cost, I mean, they cost time or money, but you know, like though, when you really think about like what brings me like this joy is like feeling like you're helping others or making a difference in the life of someone or like doing something selfless. Like it's so crazy that we're kind of wired and just as a a culture of like me, 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 me. And yet some of the biggest moments where we're like, we felt the most full is in helping or giving like. I mean, helping and giving and you can help and give and serve, you know, in your own family. You, there's, there's, there are ways to serve as soon as you wake up until you go to bed and absolutely helping other people in need and helping people in need and helping people just to help them is, is an amazing way to make, and it's selfish in a lot of ways because it makes you feel like so good this is, yeah. this is what it means to be a human. It means to be a part of this world. And I, I get so much happiness out of doing that but you know when you're talking about that happy word and you can start crossing things off the list and you say hey this is one of those things that i really enjoy doing and here are the reasons that i enjoy doing it and it doesn't go away it's something i can keep doing and i kind of keep getting the same feeling well then you can incorporate that into your world into hey i know that in a way, selfishly, this makes me really excited. It makes me really happy. It brings me content, you know, contentment when I'm doing it. I'm going to add that to what I do. And I'm going to remember that, you know, buying things or whatever your thing is that you think is going to make you that the happy word. You you can narrow down. Yeah. Well, you can narrow down that list and be like, you know, this brings me joy. And whether that whether or not that is, hey, I really like blocking off 15 minutes and sitting there by myself and watching the sun go down. 
if that brings you that and that brings you that every time and it's kind of a time for you to be on your own and do your own thing, then add that into your day. Well, we've talked about this before of kind of like what our grandparents did, like what you see. I think that there's just something like we are in a in our hustle years, I guess you would call them, you know, kids are in all these sports, people are going and coming. We're like trying to build careers and like we are in our definite hustle years. And so, but when you look at like our grandparents and who have done the hustle years already and different things like what actually, like, what did they slow down and find joy? And you like always hear the phrase, like stop and smell the roses or different things. And you're like, man, why do people say things like this? Like, I used to think that's so silly. And then the reality of like, what if we just slowed down and like looked at all the intricate details around us of how, amazing this world is you know and like all these things like stop and smell the roses but like i mean my grandparents would like feed the birds every night and they would like put bird seed in the bird feeders and they would like sprinkle bird seed out in the yard and they'd like water the roses water the flowers and they'd sit out on their porch and they would like watch the birds just come and like eat and then they would hang out together and that was like their favorite time of the day was like slow down after dinner you know, like that seven o'clock, whatever, depending on what time of year it was, like before sunset, like that's what they did every day if we were home, if they were home. And so finding like those little practices too that are, hey, like we're so busy. We always have a phone in our hand. We always have this going on. Like what can we do to like stop and smell the roses and like enjoy just like watching kids ride bikes and doing sidewalk chalk together. Like take it back to the basics of like slowing down and loving life. I mean, I get that. I feel like that's such, that is like when you're like, what do you want your life to be? I'm like, Oh, I like so romanticize. Like that's exactly what it is that you're doing though, because our grandparents, they hustled, they grinded, they, everybody has done it the same way for, it's just, as soon as you get two or three decades away, it's like, like, Oh, I wish it was the seventies. I wish it was the (laughs) six. I wish it was the nineties, but it's like the, the human condition has not changed as far as raising kids, building families, building a life. But seriously, like when you were a kid, I didn't get this. I was in oddly my driveway, but you were like, all over Lookout Mountain, like on a bicycle, going and climbing rocks. Like there's no way we'd let our kids out by themselves to go do that. And then my dad's generation, they were like zooming around all over at like 10 years old. And so I think things have changed. Like we are with our kids a lot. They are all right here. There isn't like this village of people helping people. Like they're not like, okay, be home by sunset. Like we don't live in that kind of like world anymore. That part has, has changed. Absolutely. I still don't think that mentally grandparents, our grandparents, our parents, that was just their normal. They still had all the stresses and the pressures and the time constraints and everything that we deal with where it's like, man, we're really struggling to find these little bits of time to like reconnect to each other, reconnect to our environment. I just think... There's always a time crunch when you're when you're a person. Goes, I think it goes back to baking bread. You know, like if we just learned how to bake sourdough bread and like hung up like cute handkerchiefs on a line. Like there's just so much like romanticizing to that. I was in me. fifth grade. I snuck out of my house to go over to um, I cannot remember her name. Somebody's somebody's what? house. It was. He's, in, he's been sneaking out for a long time. It was in Ballantrae, and I took a butcher's knife with me, you know, in case I got into any 
trouble along the way. And the cops picked me up and they called my stepdad. And he You'd have been and, 10 years old. Yeah. And he came, in, I don't know, 10 or 11. Fifth grade is 10 years and old. And he came and picked me up and man, he was so mad. But you can't do that now. I mean, I don't even know what they do with you. <laughs> they picked you up and you had a. A big old knife, and they're like, what are you doing out here? Let's I don't just, even know what I told the cops. Let's just rewind to the fact that you were sneaking out at 10 years old to go to a girl's house. Yeah. Were you kissing? I think it was a girl. People at that point. What? Were you kissing people Come like 10? No. What? Seriously. In fifth grade? I mean, I think I kissed the first girl I ever kissed in, like, kindergarten. So if we want to start, you want to start taking you want to score. start deep diving. Yeah. Anyway, sneaking out, regardless of the reason, I think is great. I never snuck out of the house once. We are so different on the rule follower scale, though, of who's a rule follower and who's not. No, it's the opposite. It complete opposite of me. I am. Yeah, that's why we You're make truly. a good match. Yeah. So I mean, no, never would have snuck out. I would have been so scared to get in trouble. Oh, I'd be so. I'd be. So frustrated with the girls or Christian or anybody if they snuck out. I would not be our kids. Yeah. I could not imagine. I didn't think it was a big out. deal. You know? You were also taking boats out on the lake at like 10, 12. That's true. You were just able to do just totally different. It's like Dog the Bounty Hunter as a 12 year old. That's right. You're just out and about. I wasn't allowed to leave but, my driveway. But, I wasn't allowed to start driving until I was 17. I wasn't allowed to leave my driveway. I did not leave my driveway by myself until I was driving. You weren't allowed to watch Harry Potter. That's also true. There's a lot of like rules that don't, allowed that to watch only PG-13 apply to you. Movies. Huh? Very, very conservative upbringing. Very. <laughs> like, let's not get this messed up. I mean, there's a lot yeah, of rules like no that were only applied in your no house. Hip. You act like that. This is like there's only I two guess sides it was my to world. it. I know. My world was very small. Mm-hmm. That's why when I got that job, I got a job when I was 17 at a call center, and it was like I was homeschooled as in high school as well. So not only was my world small, but my world was. She really talks about small. this call center job like the devil wears the Prada. Like she's working for job. idol. I got to like there were like people who were in college there. There were older people there. It was like the first time I, I don't know. I went. To, I also used all my paychecks to buy cute like pencil skirts and heels. And I loved it. I loved doing, it was also a fun competitiveness. Like you got a prize if you could get the most subscriptions. And that was so fun to me. Um, yeah. They'd be like, we have a, we have a sky angel hat for whoever gets the most subscriptions today. And you know, I was like, who watch out. I'm going to very, very prize incentive. I'm very incentive motivated. Yeah. We have one of our kids. Oh, well, Probably two of them are like that, yeah. but Lola especially is very prize motivated. But I do agree with you that what that part? part has changed. I wish that part was different. Now, as far as the way that you grew up, I think it was a little unique in, in that you they, didn't, you didn't were- get to enjoy the freedom that the world provided when I was young and when you were young. The freedom that it provided was, for the most part, that was okay. It was okay to go do all those things. Uh, you know, to go hang out with your friends, go over to their house, come back, you know, at dark, all that stuff. That's gone. And I don't know where we're going on this podcast, but that could be another one where I really can't. I hate that for our kids. Yeah. I really do. Like, I, it's it's my least favorite thing that they have to deal with is not the cell phones. It's the it's the idea that uh, that there's no there's no little world bubble that they live in where they're safe outside of the house but 
that's just me. I just know that but it we really can try it, and create as much as we can f- for them, like and us putting in the extra work of like getting to know parents, getting yeah, to know people. Yeah, but we have to like, be around them. But we're around them. We can't leave them alone. You know, like and that's the part that's crazy. Is that you? I want them to grow on their own, away from us. But that's oh, just good me. luck with that. Yeah. But but we can keep telling them that they're remember use our positive words. You are yeah. strong. You are fearless, and then go out and well. And they have and, a lot of fears. Like we have to talk to our kids a good bit about like real. Like you're you're fine. You know, it's like that hard balance of like, hey, co- like we'll go to the bathroom with you. Like you don't go to the bathroom by yourself, kind of thing. And then also that they feel safe enough to be able to like not be right beside us because at some point they're going to not be right beside us so it is it's hard to parent in like this day and age and like what what is that balance i don't know we're working on it working on it all right well i love you is this how we're ending this i think so yeah well there we go yeah okay all right well we will catch you guys next week you got anything to add i feel like it's really abrupt it's not really no okay so you got any positive words no. no, I felt like it's not ready to end, but that I don't have anything else to say. So I guess that's when we know it's over. That's when you know. Um, ready for fall. Yeah, ready for fall. It'll cool off in the south in about a month. We're excited. Oh, we hope. All right. Will you guys enjoy the rest of you, whatever day oh, we're that on? That is the good time, though. Like, you open the windows and, like, oh, I could romanticize fall really quick. Oh, like, when you, like, bake banana nut bread candles and you – I want to learn how to bake bread. I think we should do a video trying. It's all about yeast. I know. I've you been watching tutorials. I know. I want – I think it's on my bucket list. Like, this fall, I want to learn how to bake bread. I want to do fall candles. I can't wait to open up the windows. No, and I think we've got to – we have to figure in. out what a bucket list is. Well, baking bread's on my bucket list. No, because bucket lists should be dedicated to things that are almost impossible to do or attain. Disagree. Bucket well, then, list. Then you can have a orchard. bucket list. Check I'm going to – Things to do this. I want to uh, – all my bucket lists are, I want a bucket list of doable things that I would like to do. Can we change it to a different name besides you Can have it be your fall bucket, bucket list? list? No, it has the diff- something besides the bucket. Apple cider on the bucket list. You want to learn how to make apple cider? Mm, no, I just want to drink it. Okay. See, That's all my things no, of things I want to do this fall. you want to drink of, uh, something <laughs> I can go get in the store. That brings me joy. That's not a bucket list item. I think it is. What is your bucket list? I want to jump out of a plane. I don't even have plane. a bucket list, but I know it wouldn't be drink chocolate milk. Well, that's not one of mine either. So, but that's what I'm saying. That's an example. Okay. Oh, that had some chocolate milk this morning. Cross that off the bucket list for fall. I think there are things that give tied me my this shoes mood. Tied my shoes with my sweater. left hand today. Yeah. Tied my shoes with my left hand today. Bucket list do done. That. My left hand practically is like does okay. not work much. We're gonna end it on the I've left tried. hand. If I tried tying your shoes with my left hand, I guarantee you it would take uh, we can years. Throw that. You can give it a go. I can barely like open something. It's like it doesn't work the same way. Ambidextrous, absolutely not. The people who can use both their hands equally, it's one of the most impressive. Yeah, but what you're like talking about is yours is, yours is and her unusable. Hands. You're oh, talking about you can't do any I mean, task I'm with your left hands. It. It's here. Grateful for what? For not being able to use your left hand? No, I can't. I mean, well... It's like if I'm holding stuff and I'm like, hang on, let me do that. And I'm like, huh, wait, let well, me switch it to this arm. Give me an example arm. of two things, like opening doors. You could do that. Zip a jacket. 
anything. There's so many times where I have to move stuff out of this hand. Like I'll be holding beta and I'll go to do something with my left hand. I'm right-handed, by the way. So I'll go to do something and I'll be like, well, this is impossible. <laughs> and so I have to move her and I have to use my dominant hand because the other one, I'm telling it to do something, you know, what? like, but it is not. It's like my fingers just are not as quick reflexes. Hmm. I wish they were. I'll work on it. Maybe if I just kept practicing things with it, it's that side of my brain just doesn't work as well as the other one. It'll get better. I'm going to light a fall candle today, even though it's hot outside. I have on a chunky sweater. It's going to be so good. We're going to pretend. Okay. What's the first day of fall? I don't know. November something. No way. November? I think so. I think that's, we're going to fact check November 12th? Well, I'm going early. That's a guess. I'm going to get mums for the porch this weekend and pumpkins in case you had not talked to you about it yet. But I'm going to do that. You guys that. have a great rest of your day or today. week. And we'll see you next time. Okay, sounds good. Bye. <laughs> Bye, guys. We really appreciate you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you want to follow us on social media, you can go to a acoupleofswans.com. Also, we have a podcast voicemail. It's 833 833- 284-2224. Call in, talk to us. We want to hear your voice. We want to hear your questions, your comments. Until next time, we'll see you.